Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast with your hosts, Andy, Todd, and Tude. Oh, yes. <laughs> now that'll wake you up, won't it, folks? Welcome to the Album Nerds Podcast. I'm Dude. Got Andy and Don here. Hello. Three fellas loving the albums, loving the music, and here to talk about it. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Doing great, man. Wow. That's good. Good chemistry. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. That's hot. I mean, people are just like probably pulling over in their cars right now to make sure that they don't miss a second of the scintillating conversation. All right. So why don't, uh, why don't we kind of get moving and uh, tell the people what we're here for, Andy? Yeah. Welcome to Elder's Podcast, everybody. Um, if it's your first time here, to explain briefly what we do. Three dudes who love sitting around talking about albums. In the past, we kind of picked these albums ourselves. Um, but this year we introduced this new component to the show called the Wheel of Musical Destiny. And basically what Ooh. that is, if you've ever seen Wheel of Fortune, it's a huge spinner with a bunch of different musical topics, genres, things that we're familiar with and some that we aren't as much. And we kind of leave it up to fate to decide what we're going to listen to and recommend. Kind of helps us expand our musical repertoires a bit and, uh, mm-hmm. broaden our horizons and hopefully it does the same for you guys. It also provides us a way to be uh, more interactive, so you can uh, submit your ideas to the wheel here. So yeah, we spun the wheel last at the end of the last episode, and it landed on new releases. New releases, uh, I guess that's self-explanatory, but we did define it as any album that has been released uh, in the in the last twelve months. Uh, so we're we're each going to present one of those. Of course, mixed in there somewhere, we'll do a, a question of the week, which uh, you'll you're also free to to participate in. Then at the end, we'll we'll spin the wheel of of musical destiny again. Uh, and find out what next week's topic will be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a lot of fun, a lot of changes, and it really does give us a chance to go searching for stuff we wouldn't. Now, new releases, that's kind of familiar territory. That's what we've done here on the show, and we're doing it this week with some really exciting stuff. So let's get going. You choose me? All right, so I'm first up on the show today. And for my new release selection, going with Elvis Costello and the Imposters. Declan! Yes. As the dude is shouting out, he loves to make sure people know artists' real names. Uh, Elvis <laughs> Costello, born Declan Patrick McManus. For all you sticklers out there, hard asses like right, the dude. Right here. Right here. <laughs> anyway, they put out an album back in the beginning of this year. January 2022, entitled The Boy Named If. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Surprisingly, not a huge fan of his, but this record really grabbed me. Why don't we play a little cut from the middle of the record? This is a little taste of Mistook Me for a Friend. Taste of Mr. King from a friend off of the boy named If Elvis Costello and the Imposters. This is Elvis's 32nd studio album. Wow. Yeah, I believe he's like close to double digits with the Imposters now. Um, you may remember him from late 70s through the mid 90s with his band, The Attractions. Were you guys a fan of uh, Elvis's earlier work at all or 
What's your familiarity with this dude? Yeah, for me, yeah, definitely. He's cool. Kind of new wave. And yeah. uh, I liked him, but by the 90s, I kind of was was over it. Yeah, for, for me, because I've always been into that, that new wave scene. Uh, and he was always sort of on, on the fringe of that. Um, but he, he has a, you know, an intimidating discography. You know, he just has so much music. And he is all over the place, uh, you know, that mm-hmm. I never really took the time to get into all of his all of his stuff. Yeah, you're right, Don. Like, I know he started out kind of in like the punk rock space and then moved kind of more into that new wave space. And then I believe he got into some, a lot of really like fringe genres, I believe later in the nineties. And I kind of lost track of him until just a few years ago. He started popping up with some more like straight ahead rock sound again, um, sounding really reinvigorated and, and kind of re-energized here, especially on this record. Which were the three words I picked out for this record, rejuvenated, edgy, and fresh, which is pretty impressive considering he's been around for a few decades now. And uh, to put out a record that brings this much energy and I think just kind of like sharpness and creativity was a big surprise to me. So yeah, I'm really positive on this record as a whole. I don't know if it's like a slam dunk start to finish, but I think it's pretty solid overall. There's some really great cuts Especially at the beginning and towards the middle, I would say. The opening few cuts, Farewell OK and The Boy Named If are really high energy rock mm-hmm. records, just bouncy. And they get the up some upright bass in there and there's some like keyboards or, or organ sound, which I think, you know, adds a lot to this kind of bouncy quality to it. Do you guys have any standout tracks that, that spoke to you or you think were surprising? Yeah, um, I really liked Penelope... Hey Penny or Half Penny. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked the alliteration. It was just fun. And that's kind of what uh, he's done here. This, to me, harkens back to those early days of Elvis Costello, what I expected from him. His voice sounds perfect. The production's great. It kind of sh- contracts and swells with the songs. It's modern production, but it, mm. it, it fits. You know what? My only rip is that it's a little long for me that middle to end part is like come on come on come on but the last song is really good so <laughs> it finishes strong wow i actually you know i felt the opposite with the the length because this is actually i think the longest of the the three albums we uh we review this this week mm-hmm. uh, i think this one's about 53 minutes or 52 it, it kept my interest and i i think it was probably just because you know, every song is is so different from from the last. Each track stands out, so it, it keeps my uh, keeps my interest. One of my favorite is uh, "Paint the Red Roses Blue." You know, that's a, a down tempo song. That's maybe is it four or five cuts in, and it just was such a welcome change of pace at, at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good point, man. It was like perfectly placed track. They just introduce a few pretty high energy songs, and it's a, just kind of settles in for a second and lets you kind of digest just what happened. Why don't we play a little clip from Paint the Red Roses Blue. Yeah, a little more somber moment there from Elvis Costello and the Imposters. But it's got that, the, the vocal quality has that Allison quality to it which is one of his most well-known songs Mm -hmm. it's like it's it's like it was recorded in 1982 or something it's interesting his his vocals i mean one thing 
his voice, I think, can be off-putting to to, to people because uh, he, he <laughs> yeah. um, you know, he doesn't always sing in a in a traditional way. But I mean, I, just from that song there, I I think you know this guy really can sing, and he kind of chooses mm-hmm. not to. You know, <laughs> does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, some of the sort of stuff, like <laughs> some of the stuff he knows, kind of stuff, yeah, uh, especially nicely. the yeah, yeah the, the early days. In particular, I think that was his glasses, like just kind of like impinging yeah. on his nasal passages or something. <laughs> well, and and his name too. I mean, at especially in the seventies, taking the name like Elvis right. for anything other than Elvis. I mean, uh, by that point, the king had probably passed away, but not too long before, still a major part of of our culture at that time. So being Elvis Costello, when I was a kid, I'm like, what? It's this nerd guy named Elvis. What is happening? <laughs> yeah. But it looks like he's from like the fifties and yeah, it's like a buddy Holly kind of look at least right. in the early days. Yeah. Now I did, I did see him live in 1994 uh, on tour for the brutal youth. I think was the name of the album. Great show. The crash test dummies were the opener. So, oh my gosh! Wow, crazy! Once there was this kid who talk about eclectic singing styles. Yeah, (laughs) and if if you've kind of lost track of him, this is a good place to pick back up and then go all the stuff in between with various genres. I mean, like touching on classical and, and all sorts of stuff in this guy's discography. So. For that, that'll keep you busy for a couple of weeks alone if uh, you're looking for some music. Well, I uh, I loved it. You know, I, I'd say it's you know it's an early front runner for for album of the year for me. Cool. Yeah, it's probably close to the top of my list so far, surprisingly. But yeah, so once again, the album is uh, Boy Named If, Elvis Costello and the Imposters. It's available on all of the usual streaming platforms. Excuse me. I'd like to ask you a few questions. And now it is time where we ask ourselves questions and answer them. (laughs) But these questions are for you listeners as well. Please do share your answers with us. There are a lot of ways to do that. We'll talk about it later. And also throw us some questions so that we can start uh, answering other people's questions too. So... (laughs) On the whole theme of new releases, where the question this week is, have you ever waited in line for a new album? Andy? Uh, no, I don't think I ever have, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of, maybe I was a little too, like I missed that time period. I wasn't really old enough when that was happening to do that on my own. The only thing I've ever done is I've waited online in line to buy concert tickets quite a few times, mm-hmm. like waiting for Ticketmaster to become available. So I don't know if that really counts. <laughs> I don't think people that that's a thing of the past now. Waiting in line for for really anything, but uh, certainly for for albums. What about you, Don? Um, I I don't think so. You know, I, I wow. I, this question sucked. I, I used to work work for a radio station, <laughs> and uh, you know, there was a local record store that would open up at midnight when big releases came out. So I used to be mm-hmm. there, you know, working uh, those events. I do remember mm-hmm. I did wait in line at uh, a record store day. You know, that thing that happens yes. every year. Of course. Uh, so yeah. I did wait in line. That counts. Oh, okay. So yes, but it, it wasn't for a new release. It was for a. A re-release of REM's Chronic Town. But it's a it's a new release as in it this 
reissued was never available before. So I'll count it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I've waited in line record store day numerous times. I was present for several midnight openings when I worked in <laughs> record stores. I still have some flyers from Pearl Jam Vitology and uh, Versus was my favorite. So it was December 5th and yeah, we opened the store at midnight. There was a line of people waiting to pick up uh, Versus did that for or Vitology. Got it. I also did that for Monster, the REM album. Mm. But I would have waited in line for for Vitology if I hadn't been working there. But the album came out on vinyl a week before it came out on CD, so I'd already heard it. <laughs> so <laughs> oh, That's weird. And the vinyl revival for me be- began with Vitology coming out before it did on CD. And you couldn't stream it, so it was awesome. All right. Well, you guys kind of disappointed me, except Don, you came through. Andy, <laughs> for shame. <laughs> Too young. <laughs> I also hate people in general, so yeah, that's true. It. We all we all <laughs> do. <Nibbling crowds. laughs> all right, folks. Have any of you, maybe you uh, fellow old timers out there, have waited in line for an album? Let us know what it was and uh, what your experience was. I'm going to give you four words to live by. New is always better. Okay, so the, this next album uh, is from an artist known as The Cactus Blossoms, two brothers from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, Jack Torrey and Paige Burkham. Uh, they uh, began performing in, in 2010, well into their, well into their 30s. Uh, this is their fourth album uh, called One Day. It was just released uh, this month. Here's a clip of the first cut, Hey Baby. When I hear that, I, I can't not do the just the good old boys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, man. They've been in trouble with the law since the day they were born. <laughs> So uh, the three words uh, I picked to, to describe this album uh, were uh, folky bubblegum. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I'm using the, the term bubblegum uh, because it's, well, it, it really is like ear candy. You know, it, it's all about a, a sound that's that's vintage, right? Kind of comes out of the, the 1950s or the 1960s. Uh, I hear some Everly Brothers harmonies there. Also elements of like 70s soft rock. But, you know, there's, there's nothing challenging about this album, right? Not sonically and, and not lyrically. So, uh, what'd you guys, uh, what'd you guys think? <laughs> Great recommendation. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I liked it. I mean, it is, it is, I guess, you know, more kind of novel in some ways, but it's totally entertaining. I like the name of the group. It draw that draws you in alone. It's already makes it interesting. And I like the mm-hmm. sound. Yeah. If I saw you was a standout to me, I really did like that song, but uh, yeah, it's simple. It's clean. It's nice. Yeah. I, you know, I, I really like the sound overall as well. I think it's, like you said, it's not something you hear a lot nowadays, but it is, there's a good vibe to it. I especially like the slide guitar and the vocal harmonies, I think, work really well together in creating kind of, like, not necessarily easy listening, but it's just, 
it's comfortable. It feels good to be in that mm-hmm. space. I think my biggest critique would be like, they didn't change up the sound a whole lot across the record. There were a few moments, and I think when they did, it worked really well. There was one track, Everybody, with uh, Jenny Lewis. Yeah, which I enjoyed that track quite a bit. Just adding in that little uh, female vocal there helped a lot. And then I agree. I think the last track, if I saw you, was really like, let's hear more of this. What does this sound like as a record? I'd be curious to hear that. Yeah. Uh, you know, unlike uh, other folk records, the, the lyrics are pretty straightforward. Most of them are, you know, romantic in nature, love or, or love lost, you know, which is yeah, that's that's pretty different from uh, you know a lot of the the folk revivalists like the Decemberists or Fleet Foxes. You know their lyrics. You know they're telling stories of old times or um, you know they're just you know much uh, much more challenging content. One song actually that that deviates from this you know kind of romantic you know style is um, the six cut ballad of an unknown. So let's uh, let's hear a clip of that. Yeah, so I I feel like it's unfair uh, to to follow uh, you know Elvis Costello and and actually the record. Well, it's yeah, it's but it's just different. It, it's you know I think the appeal is the sound. Um, you know, it's it's a pleasure to listen to, but it's not something. I don't know. I, I feel like it's, it's, it's all on the, on the surface, right? So this Elvis Costello album, you know, I'm going to be listening, you know, for the next few months and I'm going to keep discovering new things. Uh, the, the same is true for the, the album, uh, that, uh, that dude's going to be presenting. You know, I, I just think there's, there's more below the surface, uh, on those, on those albums. Uh, Don, I'm, I'm not as familiar with your current taste. I'm more familiar with your taste 20 years ago. What brought you to this particular? album you know i'm i'm not sure i I guess i've always had a had an affection for some of that that early rock and roll you know the everly brothers uh and and buddy holly this definitely celebrates that Uh, i also had a you know a period of time where i was listening to like 70s folk like gordon lightfoot uh and stuff like that oh yeah Yeah. oh we need to do a lightfoot show come on wheel of destiny (laughs) Uh, so yeah so i guess this this uh appeals to that you know, I also, you know, it's it's probably a record I would play if I had people coming over, you know, back in, in my youth, that might have been something I would play if I was, you know, entertaining a, a lady. Not that that, <laughs> <laughs> that never happened, but it's what I would have done. <laughs> no, I think there's something about the that vocal harmony really is kind of central in a way, I think, that you don't get in, in modern day music. Uh, it doesn't feel like people are trying to like one-up each other, I guess. It yeah. feels more inclusive, which is cool. This is sunshine music. Whether it's sunny out, like a spring type of thing, just to enjoy, or if you're if it's glum outside, then it can lift you up. It's just pleasant, and it's a nice yep. listen. Can't you imagine these guys playing the, the Starbucks in a Barnes & Noble? <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah, sure. Barnes & Noble. <laughs> I remember those. Oh yeah, they're, they're still around, right? Um, I almost, I almost said Borders. I think la- <laughs> or Walmart. Right. last I knew they were like, like campus bookstores is what they kind of moved to. That model where they're uh, they have a store on a campus and right. of a college and because th- that's the only place people buy books. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> people. <laughs> You're required to. <laughs> 
So, uh, okay. So that that's the, the cactus blossoms with one day. All right. And now a word from our sponsor, us. This is friendship. Pure, unadulterated friendship. Oh, yeah. Hey, are you a music fan? Do you love the album format? Want to make sure everyone knows just how great your musical taste is? Have we got a place for you? Check out the album oh, yeah. Discord. Albumers.com slash Discord. It's chaos! <laughs> what is this chaos, you ask? <laughs> Let me tell you. Discord is a private community server, collection of servers we have around called Album Nerds, where you can join and like-minded album nerds talk about music, talk about what we listen to, interact with, suggest topics for the show, just bitch about whatever it is going on in your life. We'd love to hear about it. Right, guys? Oh, yeah. It's uh, it's free and it's easy to to go online and sign up and you can download the apps on iOS and Android as well. So it's awesome. Go check it out, please. Yeah. Love to commune with you a little bit. Just go to albumnerds.com slash discord and you can uh, join there. New is always better. No, it's not. But this time it is because this album is awesome. I have brought forth a William Crichton. I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh, the album is Water and Dust was released February 11th, 2022. So let's listen to a little bit of Your Country. All right, that was a little bit of Your Country from William Crichton from the album Water and Dust. He's an Australian artist. This is his third album. He started off uh, trying to, to work in Music City, Nashville, uh, came over to America, toured around a little bit, tried being a songwriter. He said one thing that was interesting was the songwriter's room, they had farm equipment magazines and farm magazines, and they'd leaf through them to look for ideas for country songs. Huh. He didn't want to live that way. He wanted to talk about his life. Moved back to Australia, and this is the uh, the third album from that period of his creation. I'm not ashamed to say I freaking love it, boys. I didn't mean to fall in love, but I did. <laughs> Sometimes you just can't stop it, man. The three words I chose to describe this album were real, raw, and refined. Ooh, alliteration. Uh, I just felt like, yes, <laughs> I felt like it, it was all... It was it it was from the heart. It felt raw emotionally, but the production and the the arrangements were all clearly well put together yeah. um, and and thought yeah. out. But as leafing through new releases, doing the thing where I just play I just play new stuff. And this started uh, Water and Dust. The title track started, and I knew, like I knew. What about you guys? What do you think? Yeah, I uh, I like this one uh, a lot too, uh, and I feel guilty about it because I feel like I've been extremely positive uh, about all the records uh, so far uh, since I've been on the show. That's but, good. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> I think I was most critical of my record. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you just had to shit on something. Yeah. Didn't you? <laughs> Uh, so yeah, you know this one. This one appealed to me a, a lot, uh, particularly uh, the more down tempo tracks. I, you know his vocals, I, I like a lot. A couple of times he sounded a bit like Leonard Cohen, maybe a, mm -hmm. a little Nick Cave, mm -hmm. who's also from mm -hmm. from Down Under. And don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, yeah, the the one track that really stood out to me was the the last one. Uh, if you don't include the bonus cut, which was uh, after all, good world, mm-hmm. just a beautiful mm-hmm. song. And I think his voice just uh, captures a, a melancholy that that I, I just I love. The the after all beautiful world is a poem. Uh, it's called After All Good World that uh, was by Henry Lawson, and he uh, kind of adapted it into a song. Uh, uh, but Henry Lawson was a uh, Australian writer and bush poet back up. He died in 1922, to give you a sense of what time in Australian history the poem was written. Andy? Uh, yeah, no, I, I as much as I would love to shit on this record, I... Because you picked it, my friend, but I really, <laughs> really enjoyed it. Actually, I thought it was really good. Is a nice, consistent tone. Change the pace up. There's a pretty wide variety of of different like paces and topics to these songs, which I thought was really mm-hmm. kept me engaged all the way throughout. I mean, like your country that you played there is probably the most political song, or yes. I guess most like activist type song. The rest of it doesn't really deal with that, which I thought was nice to get a little taste of that. I'm not overwhelmed. Yeah, and I wasn't as in love with his vocals as Don was, but I love his didgeridoo there. He plays on that. Oh, I yes. Love this, right? Oh, my God. I think that's a great, really underutilized instrument. Uh, I wish that was more of a thing, especially with, like, rock guitar. It's, yeah. I think it works well. Yeah, I've never heard it like that. I've heard didgeridoo before. William Barton um, was the didgeridoo player on, on the album, mm. and... I've heard it played like, you know, when Mr. Rogers was teaching kids about different instruments when I was a little yeah. kid, that kind of thing. But having yeah. it incorporated into what is kind of a country album in in the in the way that it's constructed and the lyrics and the storytelling. But it's an alt rock bluesy album too. It's mm-hmm. uh a mishmash of everything. And William, definitely, it's about Australian history, about Australian culture. Your country is sort of a takedown of politicians and the cultural and economic divide in Australia, which I didn't know was a thing. I just think of that as being our thing, the American <laughs> way. <laughs> uh, it's a thing everywhere. Do you guys pick up on, on, that, on that part, like that it's all about Australia. Yeah. It took me a, a second when I heard your country, you know, I was thinking of, about America, but then, yeah, I, I recalled that he's uh, from Australia. It didn't occur to me uh, until I saw that the guy from midnight oil is, appears on the album. Uh, but there are some, yes. some parallels with midnight oil. Absolutely. A lot of, Cause midnight oil, you know, was straightforward rock, but you know, lyrics that kind of tell the story of, of the, the history of Australia. Uh, and then some, you know, nice sonic em- embellishments, in there. Andy, you familiar with Midnight Oil? No, I was just going to ask, for those who don't, aren't familiar, who, who is that? Is that a group from Australia, no, it I, sounds like? Yes. In Australia, I don't... They just came out with an album, actually, this year. I want to check out after we're done with this. But they, they're, I think they've been well-known in Australia. They had one big hit in the U.S., like 87. It was called Beds Are Burning. Mm. I'll play a little bit of that if you're interested. Yes, please. Okay. Yeah. yeah. yeah sure. But yeah, it's a, it's a similar thing where it is about ecology and what's going on in, in Australia, and so yeah, it's this kind of this traditions being carried on. It's uh, pretty cool. Water and dust. I mentioned 
the the kickoff. Remind like some of these vocals remind me of Eddie Vedder. Yeah, it's that yeah that baritone tonally. Yeah. yeah, tonally. But Water and Dust is six minutes. It's an opening track that's six minutes. You don't do that unless it works, and it does work. It's about Mother Earth, and we all come from water and dust, and uh, that's where we'll return. Uh, Andy, do you have any standout tracks, things that spoke to you? I know Don mentioned uh, After All. What was yours? Well, I honestly, I, I enjoyed the beginning of the record quite a bit, but I felt like Stand was kind of like the apex of the record for me. I kind of all coalesced around that track in particular. Mm-hmm. And then I really, there's a bonus track they threw on, which is like kind of like a really more fast-paced or up-tempo track compared to the rest of the record. I really thought that was a pretty strong song. I don't know if it makes sense in the, with the rest of the record, but I, I did enjoy that one. It's called uh, Lost Without You. Yeah, dude, those those songs are definitely awesome. Uh, as, as I've alluded to, I really like this album. <laughs> uh one more track I want to mention before we go is the song Kalara. It's uh, a historical story. I believe it's made up, but uh, it takes place in the past. A man gets arrested in Glasgow, Scotland, and is shipped off to Australia uh, as a prisoner. That's uh, where he worked detail to build a railroad. It's just about being abused as a prisoner and the experience and uh, the experience, the Aboriginal natives of Australia, how they were mistreated. And it's an in-depth story. Got to listen to the song. We're going to play a quick piece of it right now. I'll allude to a little bit of the story, but I just want to give you a taste of uh, the different layers in this album. So here's a bit from Kalara. So that's the point in the story where, as he calls them, the grunters, the guys running the show, um, had done some nasty stuff, and they're laying on the railroad tracks, like sleeping, passed out drunk, and a lightning bolt comes down and hits the tracks, and oh, wow. they they die in the fire. Hmm. Yeah. It's a grand story. But that's <laughs> what... This album's full of those moments and full of just cool, rocking, positive you know, supporting each other, trust the one that that's kind to you, don't trust people that blind you, you know, more political type of stuff. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. oh, no, I just, it checks all the boxes for me. I not only found an album I love, I found an artist that I love, and his other two records are awesome too. Cool, man. Good finds. Yep. I think, uh, I think I'm going to keep this in my rotation for a while. I've, I feel like, as you kind of alluded to, there's a lot of depth to it, to the songwriting, and it's worth a few more listens for sure. Yeah, I think this and the the Elvis Costello, you know, they're they're both battling out for album of the year right now. Of course, it's only only February. It's a, it, when it gets down to the end of the year, it's surprising what comes back, what's lasted, what hasn't, where you mm-hmm. thought things would be. So I'm interested to see where these fall uh, later this year as well. All right, so once again, that was William Crichton. The album is called Water and Dust. Go check it out. All right, boys and girls. You know what time it is. Gather around the magical wheel of destiny. Time to give that old girl a spin. I'm your density. I mean, your destiny. Spin that wheel. We're all supposed to say that in unison. 
Spin, spin that, that, that wheel. wheel. That was Larry. Whatever. Never again, please. <laughs> <laughs> no whammies, no whammies. <laughs> Live Aid, an artist that appeared at the Live Aid concerts. Ooh. Interesting. What year was that? 1985. July 1985. All right. Were you alive yet, Andy? (laughs) I was a young lad, but yes. It'll be fun to talk about Live Aid. I'm looking forward to that. Just the event. We can get into some of that and then pick albums from artists that played there all right nice interesting yeah there's uh that's exciting there's a lot to pick from (laughs) okay what's your favorite album of the last 12 months what do you think of our picks what else are you listening to let us know join fellow album nerds on discord at albumnerds.com forward slash discord you can also email us at podcast at albumnerds.com or leave a voicemail at 585-210-2454 you can also follow us on instagram and twitter at albumnerds and if you'd like to support the show, do so via PayPal at albumnerds.com forward slash support or leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. All right, folks, that's going to do it. We'll be back in a week. Talk to you then. Yep. Thanks for joining us, everybody. See you. Bye. Don, where's your... Uh, do I have to do the cookie crumbles or can I do something else? <laughs> <laughs> Demand the cookies. <laughs> good night and good luck. <laughs>